This scripture reading and the following address are part of the YouTube streamed worship video by St Paul's Lutheran Church, Box Hill, Victoria, Australia, on March 27, 2022. For more information, visit www.stpaulsboxhill.org.au. The Gospel for this fourth Sunday of Lent is written the Gospel according to St. Luke chapter 15, beginning at verse 1. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus, but the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all that he had and set off to a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here am I, starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against you. Against heaven and against you, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine, for this son of mine, was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. And meanwhile, the elder son was in the field. And when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has him back safe and sound. Well, the elder brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours, who has squandered your property with prostitutes, comes home, you kill the fatted calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. 
please be seated. Sorry, I haven't got any stories about Ferraris and lollies to tell you. But the parable of the father of prodigal children shows that a prodigal need not necessarily distance themselves from the family physically to be lost. They may well be in the family home, contributing and yet have hearts and mindsets that share nothing of the Father's love and compassion. Have you ever doubted the Heavenly Father's love for you? Have you ever resented the love and forgiveness he showers on people who have hurt you or others? Have you ever complained to God? There are people with lifestyles and egos and attitudes we find difficult to relate to or even like on any level. And some of them live in the church. Yet this parable shows God's love is constant for all. And he is ever waiting for the lost to return to him with a love that challenges us to love, even those we think undeserving of love. So we're all challenged today. I wonder, do you identify with one or more of these three main players? The father or the two sons? Have you at some time in your life rejected your family and even rejected God and his people, but then have also later found your way back and been warmly welcomed and loved? Perhaps you have at some time longed for a child or a friend or other relative to return to a healthy relationship with you or with God, maybe both. I think most of us uh, cradled to the grave Lutherans would identify with the son who remained with the father. Haven't we shouldered responsibilities and worked hard despite the burden and shame caused by those who rejected us and the Christian faith? or particularly the Lutheran church. We may have felt let down, abandoned, and not sufficiently recognized for our faithful and hard-working efforts. And when we see one who hurt us, leaving hurling insults, return to a warm welcome and even rejoicing, we may be reluctant to be so quick to forgive and forget. Perhaps we suspect that their confession and sorrow is not genuine. We don't want to be hurt again. We perhaps believe that they should face a probationary period and make some restitution for the loss and the hurt that they have caused. And so we stand aloof. Not so quick to embrace, as you know, our Heavenly Father desires us to embrace the lost when they return. And far from joyful, we may hold on to our anger, our heart resentful. Holding on to hurt, we begin to make it all about us, just as that elder son did. Why have we not been recognized for the value of our contribution here and our faithfulness? How long do you need to contribute to the family, to the community, before you're thanked and honored? Well, I think thankfully we have a good culture of thanking people for their service in this community. Well, the Father, our Heavenly Father, answers this type of self-pity by saying, my child, you are always with me. I'm always with you. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours who was dead to us has come to life. 
He was lost and has been returned to us. Note the weight of the father's words. The one who by his own actions wanted his father dead and removed from himself emotionally, financially and physically as if dead himself has been returned. He's been returned to the family. The father's words speak of an active outside influence. The lost one has been returned. He didn't just turn up returning as an easy option. There was some power that drew him back to life. What was it? What helped him to swallow his pride and to have faith in the father's goodness? Something woke this son up to seek the father. And this, of course, is God's desire, God's work in the hearts and minds of the lost through his Holy Spirit in the world, drawing them back to himself. We read also that this young son came to himself. Isn't that a strange phrase? He got honestly real about where he was and how, he was, how he'd got there and, and was in such a pitiful, a pitiful circumstance. This son knew well that in his father's home, even hired hands had bread enough, enough to spare. And there he was, dying of hunger, eyeing up the pig's wheel that was around him. So he decides to go to his father. He doesn't say he's going home. He has no right to call it home anymore. He sold off half the farm to have his inheritance. But he still had a father, a fair man who could be approached for help. And so the son even rehearses what he would say, outlining his errors on what basis he might possibly be accepted back as a hired hand. Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired hands. He repeats this all the way back to his father. Here the son has recognized his wrongs against the father and breaking of God's commandments to honor father and mother and the many other commandments that he's broken too. And expecting at best a cool reception and most likely needing to beg even for a crust, the prodigal set off to see his father. Again, what was the power that drew him? What gave him faith? Was it simply his desperate hunger for food or was there something more here? I'm sure he would not have been surprised to have dogs set upon him when he arrived at the farm. Such harsh rejection would have been quite justified matching the rejection he had displayed towards the whole family. And yet he set off and went to his father. He was drawn by the memories of fairness and love that his father had shown in the past, the safety and comfort of earlier times. Was it the power of God's love that seeks peace and reconciliation for all that was drawing him? Yes, this is the work of the Holy Spirit in the world. Expecting little, but hoping for some undeserved mercy, he goes to the Father. He proved himself a failure in being a son, but he hoped for the kind of charity that, that might be shown a beggar. And while he was still far off, his father saw him, filled with compassion. The father runs and puts his arms around him and kisses him. What a great image of God's love for us. Embraced not only by the Father, but the angels and archangels. Even greater than that, people rushing onto the, onto the field 
after the thousandth goal has been kicked, embracing the hero. No, they're embracing the lost one who's returned. The father responds well beyond common charity. He responds out of deep compassion and love. He runs to the son. Not a very dignified way to act for the elder statesman of your own farm. Personally filled with joy for the one who'd been dead, now alive, he throws his arms wide to touch and embrace. He reduces the physical distance that had been there to zero. Heart to heart. His son is with him alive, now present and able to be served and loved again in ways that the dead cannot be served. Father quickly shuts down the son's prepared speech. This is not the time for negotiation. Because of the love of the father, the son doesn't need to offer himself as a servant, let alone present himself as an unworthy son. No, the father chooses to be a father. Not a manager of a farm or a hire of hands, but a gracious and forgiving father. And in so being, the prodigal son is restored physically, emotionally, and financially. Fully restored as a family member with shoes, the best of cloaks, and rings on his fingers. And now it's time to share this joy with everyone. Share the good news, kill the fatted calf, invite the neighbours. But not everyone enters into the father's joy. The elder brother now comes standoffish and distant, like a prodigal himself, emotionally and physically refusing to come in. Realising that the music was a celebration when he's told by a servant, a celebration for that son who had abandoned him, that brother, the elder son becomes angry. Why welcome back this brother who'd caused them so much shame and no small amount of financial difficulty and struggle to make a living on half the farm that they used to have? Full of anger, he refuses to go in. But again, the father goes out. He goes out to seek the lost. His father says to him, and they're pleading with him to come into joy in the celebration. The older son's issue is not, with the fa- is not with the father, it's with the younger brother. But now he starts to complain about recognition by the father. Listen, for all these years I've been working like a slave for you. I've never disobeyed your command. Yet you've never given me even a goat so that I can celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came back, who's devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fatted calf for him. Here he's making it all about himself. His hurt, the perceived wrongs done against him. Isn't that our human nature? Isn't it all about us? The father says to him, Son, you were always with me. And all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice because this brother of yours was dead and has come to life. He was lost and has been found. And so this fatherly stance is the same towards both his children. But whilst the lost one has repented and returned, now the other is becoming distant and full of complaint and in danger of being lost, even though he's always been there. Physical proximity does not mean our hearts are always aligned with that of our Heavenly Father just because we feel a pew. A sense of entitlement, jealousy, hatred... These things cloud our coming to ourselves with honesty and how God has remained faithful and continues to bless us. And this was the exact stance 
that the Pharisees in Jesus' day had. They complained that Jesus was welcoming sinners and eating with tax collectors. They took offense at him. They despised sinners and tax collectors. To mix with them was truly unbecoming of a righteous person. Can you see how they totally lost sight of the gracious heart of God who has compassion on the lost? So in telling this parable to them and leaving the ending unresolved with the elder brothers yet to join in the Father's joy, Jesus leaves the listeners, the Pharisees of that day, and he leaves us to wonder and reflect on what they would do. The older brother has been faithful and obeyed the rules. He's brought no shame on his family, but he's closed his heart to his brother, and he resents his father's mercy. Could that be me? Am I in danger of doing the same? Have we made ourselves judges over others despite God's plea to rejoice with him when sinners repent? Are we like the older brother and the Pharisees, focusing on the sin of the sinner rather than on the mercy of our Heavenly Father? The Father wants us to join him in his great joy. The Father has come to us with compassion and peace in the person of his Son, inviting us to join with him in the joy of restoring lost prodigals to life. Will we, who like the Pharisees, profess to be close to God, misrepresent his character, and so reveal ourselves to be prodigals? In this parable, how will it end for us? Are we going to go in and celebrate too? Will it end as it did for Zacchaeus and the tax collector when Jesus went to his house? You can read about that in Luke 19. All who saw it began to grumble and said, he's gone to be the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Lord, look, half my possessions I give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone, anything, I will pay back four times as much. And then Jesus said to him, this day salvation has come to this house because he too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. The Son of Man came to seek out and save the lost. And that is the task of his church. So as a church, as individuals, do we shape ourselves on the forgiveness of the Father that he has shown to us through his Son and turn, show grace to others, rejoicing when they repent? Or do we choose to sit in judgment and in so doing become lost ourselves? No, may the power of God's love always draw us to him that we may come into his joy and remain with him forever. Amen. May it be so.